companies that don't really embrace digital transformation are going to be left behind. And I think employees as well want want to work and will increasingly want to work for a company that stands for more than just profit. Welcome to the Future of Work, the podcast that looks at, yes, you've guessed it, the future of work. It's brought to you by Wonder for their blog, Chaos and Rocket Fuel. Wonder are productivity and human behavior specialists who use technology to help us humans on our digital journey from disruption to transformation. Check them out at wonder.com. That's W-N-D-Y-R.com. I'm Doug Folks, and along with Wonder CEO Claire Haydar, we regularly meet up with industry experts and mavericks to get their take on work in the future. Today we spend an hour in the company of co-founder and CEO of Teamwork, Peter Coppinger. Teamwork is industry-leading project management software that aims to help teams all over the world be efficient, organised and happy. And they're pretty good at it. As well as his hands-on approach to leading teamwork, one of Peter's ambitions is to help Ireland develop more indigenous SaaS companies. And he is involved in a number of startup initiatives to help promote and encourage this. Peter is a dad of two daughters. He's an avid reader and he loves to travel with his family. Claire, let's find out how it all started. Peter, hi. It is so good to have you here on this podcast with us. Uh, I've long considered you to be a thought leader in this area that we're both hugely passionate about. I'd like us to kick off with you just giving us a bit of a, an insight into the 13-year journey that, that you've been on. Sure. Claire, um, lovely to be chatting with you and thank you for having me on. So um, Teamwork today has over 20,000 customers all around the world. Um, we specialize in project management, but we're actually a full stack. Everything you need to run an agency or consultancy business. We have it everything from CRM to get the customer to help desk to support the customer and project management at its core and some collaboration tools as well. Um, if I could take you back uh, 13 years ago, we were a small, small but thriving consultancy. Uh, we had more projects than we could manage and we were looking for a better way to run our agency. We tried everything on the market and nothing fit. So we decided to build teamwork to solve the needs of our agency. So we put this online and for the first three years in business, teamwork was a side project to our consultancy, but it got so successful that we decided to go full-time in teamwork. And since then we've been on a journey. We're still bootstrapped. Uh, we're doing over 30 million annual revenue. We have 250 employees all over the world. Most of our customers are in America, but we have customers in just about every country. And it's, it's been a, a really exciting journey. We, we think we bring a perspective to it because we were a consultancy uh, and we set in our customer's shoes. We understand their needs and their concerns and what drives them. And uh, we think that's what makes us different. When we first made teamwork, we kind of put on the web and, and we were appealing to everybody. Since then, we're kind of laser focused on agencies, professional services. Anybody that does client work is exactly the sweet spot for teamwork. You kind of very flippantly said it there, but I want to specifically highlight it out. I think one of the biggest achievements that you guys have achieved um, in this 13 year journey is the fact that you've bootstrapped this. 
um, it's it's not easy to build a, a company that's doing 30 mil and you know annual recurring revenue and the fact that you guys have been able to do that without any external funding remains one of your your biggest achievements particularly because your competitor space has become very crowded um, and it continues to become more and more crowded um, with every passing month most of those companies are not only funded but some of them are significantly funded so definitely something I want to call out there. It is something we're very proud of. We want to have a company we're really proud of. We we never really wanted to take investment. And in the early days of software, you didn't really need to take investment. I mean, Microsoft got a, a long way before they got investment. But the, the reality is now that we are up against some seriously, seriously funded competitors who don't really care that much about profitability, which is fascinating in, a, in its own way. So, you know, they're pumping money into things like Google AdWords to acquire customers and, you know, it really inflates the price of um, AdWords and the price of different advertising mediums. And being up against that as a bootstrapped company is a really tough challenge, but I'm proud of where we've got to. I think probably the the biggest challenge for teamwork is they cut through all the noise and there's so much competition out there spending literally hundreds of millions a year versus our self-funded budget and um to still be able to, to take a good chunk of the market i think is um is kind of testament to our product and our support and everything that the staff have built i actually can share with you that we have decided that we are going to take on investment now and we are going to go hell for letter and blow this up because we want to be a full stack in-to-in service for anyone that does client work and we want to be the best in the world at that we've always had this billion dollar ambition i mean it's not just about the money but this huge ambition to really deliver this end-to-end platform for our customers and we want to deliver that faster and we want to get the word out there more so watch this space hopefully we'll um, be a fully funded company that will go even faster this time next year peter i'm going to say hello it's nice to meet you um before i get into my main question i just wanted to ask you I'm smiling because when you're explaining, you're saying we, you know, we develop teamwork. Am I right in understanding that actually you coded, you're a, you're a coder as well as the founder and the CEO. Didn't you sit and write the, the first version yourself? Yeah, my, my, my co-founder and I are, are both developers. And it's both, uh, it's a huge strength and it's also a weakness because like we, we always want to go back to the code and we love code and, and we think we're pretty good developers, but like when you when you get to a certain scale, your your efforts at programming isn't what the company needs. The company needs vision and leadership and guidance. And I do every now and again have that primal need to go back to the code. And I, earlier on today, I spent I spent a few hours coding, uh, helping out with our new website to get it over the line faster, just to accelerate things. Look, one thing I've learned as a CEO, it's not enough to have any one skill set. Doesn't matter if you have a marketing background or a sales background. You need to know enough about every area of the company, uh, sales, marketing, support, development, everything, um, if you're going to have a really efficient organization. And it's, all, and it's also, it's not the best product that wins the market. It's the best product combined with the best marketing and positioning and sales and everything else. Peter, just very quickly, out of curiosity, what is your guys' current technology stack? Because I know you, you and Dan, I mean, because you are technologists, you guys have been very much about staying on top of things. You know, you guys, there's been a few times where you guys have gutted the system and rebuilt it. Where are you guys at right now from that perspective? So we are currently, um, we call it modernizing the entire front end of teamwork. One of the hardest things in technology to do is to, um, you often have to, every couple of years, rebuild the front end or the back end or both of your product. 
And it, it's just a vicious cycle and it can actually kill a company if you don't get it right. We have figured out a way that we can uh, modernize the entire front end of teamwork, a method that we can rebuild the, the plane while it's in flight, essentially. So we're currently in the middle of this big project where we're switching the entire front end over to Vue.js. And before that was, it was on a technology called Knockout.js. And before that, it was kind of like a manual hybrid of JavaScript. And it's just evolved time and time again over the years. And it's really difficult to kind of rebuild the core front end of your application and modernize it while also adding features at the same time. We're actually very excited about that we figured out a really clever technical solution to this where we can drop in large pages of the product um, from the modern stack and eventually in a few months time, the entire product will be converted over to Vue.js. We use a lot of Go in the back end. It's a language from Google called Go. So we do, uh, we do try and get that balance right between scripted languages and like go deep into the technology when you really need something to be multi-threaded and super fast and so on. Peter, I'm going to move it along because we've got a lot that we'd like to, to cover. Um, I'm going to bring you right up to date. Uh, the pandemic has done a lot for work management, uh, the whole sector in the last six months. What can you see within your customer base that's different this year than, than in the previous years? We have a lot of agencies, a lot of agencies and professional services using teamwork. And one third of them, their business went off a cliff. Another one third of them were never busier. And they actually got a lot of customers out of it. And the, the other third, they, they actually were kind of afraid to spend money and they just like batten down the hatches. So we've seen that reflected for a couple of months and we felt the impact of that at teamwork. I mean, sales definitely slowed down in April. But what we've seen since then is a few months later, um, it's everything's accelerating again. And I think those people that were kind of sitting on the fence and afraid to spend money on technology are now actually doubling down on technology and really embracing it. And we're feeling that. I mean, teamwork is perfectly designed to help you run your entire company in a virtual environment. In our company, we weren't that impacted. It was business as usual for us. The only difference was everybody was working from home. All our tasks, all our work, all our interaction, all exists on the teamwork platform. And yeah, things are taking off for us in that sense. I think we're seeing as well that there's actually very few companies that are actually using technology in a serious way to run their company. And I think they, there's been this digital transformation movement for a couple of years now. And companies that don't really embrace digital transformation are going to be left behind. And what we've seen the result of COVID and being forced into the great remote work experiment is that companies have been forced to finally buy technology and embrace it and make the change. So we're, we're trying to help those companies that have, that have never kind of used this sort of software before to, to get started. When you set out, I mean, you shared with us at the start of this conversation that you guys, you know, you were solving your own problem, but when and how did that vision between you and Dan get birthed to actually make this a full service functionality for customers? If you look at our platform, project management and task management and work management is at the core of our platform. And if you think about it, no matter what kind of product you're using, be it CRM or help desk, there's always jobs to be done, work to be done, tasks to be done. So we think it's, it's a natural core of our suite is the project management part. So what we try and do is we try and get people to... First of all, come on board for our project management, which we think we do world-class project management, especially around client work. 
Uh, and we help you be really successful at that. And when you're really successful at about that, we nudge you on to our entire stack. So whether you need help desk next or you need CRM next, we help you with whatever you need. And ultimately, we hope that everybody will end up with our Teamwork One suite where you, you'll use all our five applications and manage work end to end. Um, you'll also save a lot of money, but every t- data will just flow seamlessly right across getting the customer through to supporting the customer and the knowledge base. Our kind of philosophy is like whatever your challenge is, we will help you solve that challenge. And then we'll, we hope once we've solved that challenge, we can paint a bigger picture of how we can actually help your entire organization be really efficient. That's one of the things that makes the Teamwork platform different. We actually want your clients to use Teamwork with you. You know, we're designed from that from the get go. And that's why you can customize your colors and put up your logos and you get a unique uh, portal and so on. We did project management for years and then our customers kept asking us what help desk integrates really well with teamwork and we would love to be able to create tasks from our help desk and automatically manage the life cycle we do good integrations with a lot of different help desks but integrations between two different vendors can only be so good and can only go so far and they're going to be kind of one-sided and they're going to be a bit brittle and we think there's a better way so with teamwork the second product we added to the stack was our help desk product and when a ticket comes in the agent who's answering the ticket can there and then create create a task that somebody needs to do something and they can close the ticket. Tell the customer we're working on it, but close the ticket. And then the task exists in the teamwork product. And when the task is completed, it automatically reopens the ticket. So you can now tell the customer just to let you know we've that solved for you. That worked really well and our customers loved the help desk aspect. And from there, we've expanded out our vision for where we could go as a platform. We want to be able to help you manage Everything from getting the customer right through to that support and knowledge base and beyond. Are you guys anticipating another module, if I could call it that, coming into the Teamwork One solution? I would put two words at the core of our strategy right now. It's focus and simplicity. So what we're trying to do is um, improve the integrations between our products. There's a lot of really nice things our customers are looking for. We will probably add a, a quote, quoting system and proposal system into our CRM product so that our clients can send a proposal or a quote, get approval, automatically you know, close the deal, automatically create the project, and all the data just flows seamlessly across the platform. Our customers are looking for that, and we think that will be really exciting. And it will also really differentiate Teamwork in the market. So the other thing we're trying to do with Teamwork, I mean, we have so many features in there. We've been really responsive to our customers over the years, but we're trying to actually kind of simplify it for new users so that they can kind of more gradually learn uh, how to use all the powerful features in Teamwork. Peter, we're going to step into the future of work. What do you believe the world is not considering that it should be taking seriously at the moment? I'm not sure that everybody really realizes that that thanks to COVID and what I call the great work experiment, the world has been forever changed. So what I mean by that is we, we were all forced into remote work. Every single company that never had remote work has been forced into it. And we've all been forced to put better processes and procedures and software in place, the world isn't going to go back to normal. I think most companies, have, their eyes have been opened and they are probably, if not fully going to lean into remote work, they're probably going to be very much more open to remote work. And we certainly are. Our strategy had been to have uh, offices and beautiful offices in multiple cities. It, it's an expensive strategy. And we now see that that uh, we work really well remote and our software is perfectly designed for it. And um, I think you have to make a lot of effort when you're embracing remote to have a great culture. And I think that was one of the things we were always worried about. This is an opportunity to double down on our culture. And we do things like every Thursday, 
like earlier today, we just had a meeting, an all hands meeting with all our staff where we um, share some updates on what's going on in the company and we dig, do a deep dive in some topic. We get different people speaking and then we have a kind of fun, a fun kind of wrap up quiz at the end. Today was on science and nature. Uh, I actually thought I'd do better in science and nature, but uh, I was pretty dismal <laughs> and didn't win it. But, but it's definitely a, a good, it's a bit of fun and we didn't do that before. And it's actually being a kind of like forcing factor for us to take our culture more seriously. The remote people probably didn't have as good an experience as the people who are office-based in the past. But now everybody's on the same playing field. Now we think, like most companies, we won't be going back to, um, to having everybody working in offices after this. And I think that's true of most companies out there. Moving then from the future of work in general, um, Peter, to specifically your, the technology. And so you've really been completely hands-on from the very, very word go. Is there anything that's still limiting the technology from a work perspective? Virtual VR, virtual environment meetings will be amazing in the future. And I don't know if you've seen the Facebook demo, the Oculus demo that was released two years ago. You had Zuckerberg talking to a load of people in a meeting and throwing up flow charts. And you look to your left, you see a screen, look to your right, you see a screen. You can see the virtual heads of the other people. I think that technology will be huge in the future, but we're not there yet. And I think part of the reason we're not there is, is the hardware and the accessibility. But when somebody figures that out, it'll be amazing. The other thing I've seen is um, everybody's leaning into running online conferences and running online events and webinars. And there's probably never been more webinars and online events because we're kind of forced into that world. A lot of people are, um, are kind of getting sick of it as well. You know, numbers are probably down on a lot of those things because there's so many people doing it, which is interesting in itself. But I don't think there's any great software yet for doing these um these webinars and what i mean by that i mean we we use a bit of software recently for a conference hopping too and it, it's a good bit of software and it's got a nice networking feature at the end but you can't really stage manage what your viewers are seeing and i think it's ripe for somebody to create a bit of software that really lets you almost as if you're in the the studio of um of a tv program to, to kind of act like the producer and project up different views and overlays of what the audience has seen. I don't think anybody's cracked that yet. I think it's a huge opportunity and somebody's going to crack it in the next year or so. I couldn't agree more with you, um, Peter. You know, I've, I've continued um, doing keynotes and, and quite a bit of speaking at conferences and stuff. And as amazing as it has been to not have to get on a plane and leave the family to go and do that this year, it's been equally frustrating having to do it. But not actually being able to see the audience because they're not running those conferences in, you know, Zoom meetings where you can actually see people's faces. It's it's literally you looking at a blank screen while you're talking. And there's just, it. it's one of the worst things because I'm, you know, as a speaker, like I actually like to see people's eyes when I'm talking to them. Completely understand, Claire. Even when you're addressing staff and you're talking about something serious and you're just, yeah. you're just talking to a dead screen, so one of, the, one of the things I say to all my staff is, you know, please turn on your cameras. Even if there's 200 of us on a call, you know, turn on your camera. Yeah. It just makes it feel more human. You know, it's still not the same. It's still not as good. And I'd love if there was some bit of software that would, like, allowed your staff to really give kind of live interactive um, feedback, a thumbs up and stuff. Kind of like the, the live um, Facebook streams or thumbs up or kind of floating up the screen. Something like that for a business environment would be great. Peter, just before I hand back over to Claire for a few questions. You're a father. What are your thoughts about work in the world that your children are going to one day inhabit? Well, my first thought on this is that one of the benefits from working at home is being able to see your kids 
occasionally throughout the day, 10 minutes here and 10 minutes there. And, you know, in the in the old world, I'd come home at uh, five o'clock, sometimes later, depending, I get caught in things, get caught in traffic. I get one hour with the kids before they go to bed. In, in this new world, I'm meeting the kids here and there throughout the day. If it's a nice day, we might go for a walk. We might spend some time in the garden. So that's one huge benefit. But but to answer your question, what are, what are my thoughts about the world children will one day inhabit? I think most companies today don't really lean into technology. And I think even your average startup in a few years time will use technology from day one. So they will have a task management system and they will have an internal knowledge base from day one. And that'll just be the way you have to uh, run your business or you just won't be able to compete uh, with all the other companies out there. The world probably will continue to lean more and more into remote work. That's just going to be the way the world operates in the future. And um, that's kind of exciting because, you know, it freezes, freezes kids up to live anywhere they want in the world and to travel and to work their own hours. And I think um, in a way we're being liberated from the office. And, and something we probably don't think about is like in our lifetime, the Internet came along. We've, we've probably gone through the most significant change to mankind over the last 50, 60 years, but nobody kind of appreciates it. You know, somebody told you 20 years yeah. ago that you'd have a little bit of glass in your pocket and you'd be able to pull it out and talk to anybody anywhere in the world. You would have thought that's, you know, Star Trek stuff. But uh, that's the world we live in now. I, I think it's going to be amazing to see what our children will have in the future, but they certainly won't be desk bound. I don't think people will put up with that, uh, you know, 20 minute or one hour or two hour commute to the office. That'll be a thing of the past. It's actually not going to become about the office that they're choosing to work in or the company that they're choosing to work in. But I think the actual technology stack is going to play a major part in that. Companies have been turned inside out in general. So it's the employees that have the power and the employees will be able to judge do they want to work with this culture and i think employees as well want to, want to work and will increasingly want to work for a company that stands for more than just profit so in the old days you were happy to have a job in the in the new world you want to work for a company that echoes your values and isn't just about making the shareholders money it's no longer just about delivering shareholder value and, and making money. It's about really treating your staff with respect, your customers with respect, having an actual mission that the company can get behind. Uh, I think all that's really exciting as well. Peter, talk to us a little bit about your customers. Can you share, the, you know, call it three or so, of the most surprising things you've learned from them in the last few months? I think the resilience has been amazing. A lot of our customers reached out looking for looking for us to help them uh, save costs during COVID. And we responded and we probably gave 200 customers at least discounts. Uh, what I was really impressed with was the amount of them that came back saying, you know, really appreciate that. Thank you so much, but we don't need that discount anymore. So that, that was really, really nice. And they really, really appreciated that, that we went that extra mile for them. We've always been incredibly focused on uh, fanatical support and really getting to know our customers and we've kept that ethos true from back in the day when it was just dan and i programming and doing all the support to uh having a you know a 40 person support organization behind us now a teamwork moving into a fully virtual company you've said that you guys have made that transition but as you also said you guys have as part of your culture to date invested in magnificent offices um, that I've been in and played in. And I'm specifically using the word play because you guys have built them like playgrounds, which is just beautiful. Are you going to let those go? Are you, you know, what does that future look like for you guys? And where is your thinking around that? We built a beautiful corporate headquarters in our, our 
or home city Cork uh, a couple of years ago. Beautiful slides, uh, stunning offices, no straight walls, really interesting features all over the place. And we did that because we're a self-funded company and we, Dan and I want to have an environment that we love coming to work to every day. Uh, we built a really cool games room called Area 51 and you know we, we just have fun with it and we want our staff to have fun with it as well. Recently we built a stunning office in Belfast, Northern Ireland and we invested over 600,000 euro into that office. It's got beautiful rooms like jungle rooms and music rooms and the pink room and there's a, there's a, a full bar, They're like an old-fashioned old Irish kind of bar built into one of the rooms as well and it's it's just really cool and um, it's kind of gutting that it's just sitting there with maybe one staff member in it every day right now after that investment we made. But but that's the world we live in. The strategy we had was to build stunning offices in um, in cities that would help us attract great staff and it worked really well for us. But I, I actually think um, we're probably not going to be leaning into that strategy too much more. I mean, we're going to continue with our probably our best two or three offices and then we'll look at probably converting the rest to more remote work and leaning more into remote work but today we we are a fully virtual uh company and i think we're going to use our corporate headquarters more for things like training onboarding staff uh, occasional meetings customer events and so on but we will keep that corporate headquarters and i think a lot of other companies will as well like it is nice to have a building with your logo on it and a kind of place you can identify with and a place to gather. But we probably won't be providing, like one of our things is we provided private offices to every single developer in the company. We're just probably not going to do that anymore. We're probably going to support people to work wherever they want to in the world going ahead instead. Talk to us about why it was so important to provide that singular private office to people. The reason we gave people private offices was completely selfish. It wasn't about ego or prestige or, you know, about giving them a pat on the back. It was that there's, there's years of research that shows that knowledge workers who are deep in thought, any interruption, even if somebody just asks them a quick question, destroys their flow. And, you know, there's loads of books written about flow and how important it is. When you're programming in particular, it's, I think programming and writing are actually very similar. When you're programming or you're writing, you've got all these characters and plot twists and variables and elements in your head. Any interruption to that flow kicks you out of it. And you, you may never get back into that flow or it might be another week before you get into back, back into that flow. So the reason we give people private offices with a door you could close is that you could fully get into the zone and do their best work. Now, in a world where people are working from home, something that's really important to us is that every, every staff member employee has um has a really good home working environment and that's not true for a lot of people a lot, a lot of people have an office they can go to and close the door but there's other people that are you know in a shared accommodation and you know they just don't have an office so what we're trying to do at teamwork is is figure out how what can we do to support our staff you know can we give you a stipend to help you buy some furniture or to get that office up and going and we're kind of it's important to us as well to to double to check in with everyone to make sure that they have that support and they, they have a good ecosystem. Part of that as well is allowing people to work whatever hours work for them. Every single team in the company has a one hour, sorry, a 90 minute meeting every, every week uh, at different times. It's really important they turn up for that. Other than that, just do your best work and make sure you're available to your colleagues. There's a lot of people that love getting into flow and being left alone and do their best work. 
but it doesn't suit everybody. So for example, um, onboarding new staff where they could learn by osmosis in the past, like somebody new in sales could sit there and learn off the other salespeople and kind of pick up, pick up those bits that are undocumented and pick up those kind of tips and tricks. I think when it, with a virtual environment, you've got to be a lot more deliberate with that and you've got to assign them, um, you know, a, a virtual buddy who will check in with them and answer their questions that they're afraid to ask and so on. In our Teamwork Desk software, you can now draft a response we, we call it, it's a feature we call training wheels where new staff can write their response to a customer, send it, but then it goes into a, a buffer where somebody will kind of give it a quick thumbs up before it goes out to the customer. It works really, really well in a remote environment. It's even useful if you're sitting in the office, but um, there's more features like that that we'll probably be adding to this to the stack where we'll help with remote work. But the other thing I was going to say is there's a challenge in that if everybody's sitting on chat every day and it's their only connection to other people in the office... I think you really have to give, you really have to tell people that it's okay to turn on do not disturb every now and again so that you can really hunker down and get some work done. Because we've built the company virtual app from day one, you know, and teamwork was at the core of our, our stack right at the beginning, onboarding is actually one of the things that we've really had to iterate on. It's it's almost something that we've had to perfect more than anything because now it's the norm, but up until you know just a few months ago we were very much an outsider company and and we realized that we had to really transition staff very very carefully into that so we've invested a lot into our onboarding so fully agree with all your thoughts on that um love what you're talking about you know like on the support apps and things like that i can definitely see that that's something that we would love and our team would actually use naturally the other thing there is that knowledge base you've got to have the knowledge base that people can refer back to um, you know, but it's that balance between what I would term that static knowledge that sits inside a knowledge base. And then there's the real time conversational knowledge that, that you have to make up for. I think as well, like most companies probably don't have a handbook that really outlines their values, what they stand for and so on, and, or don't have an operations manual. And I think, um, I think you're kind of forced to really get your processes and documentation together. And I'd recommend that every company does that. Peter, we've got maybe time for a couple of questions. Um, before I hand over to Claire to finish off, I'm going to ask you to just tell us a little bit about any uh, values or guiding principles that you refer to to help guide the engineering team on at Teamwork. Yeah, so not just the engineering team. We have something in Teamwork that is in our handbook that we call the golden rule. And the golden rule is that you should never, ever, ever say argue or say anything that could be construed as negative over any sort of chat medium. So what I mean by that is, you know, something will annoy you or you might have a strong opinion to something um, or you might want to dig into why did, why did we do something. It's so important that you get on a call, you pick up the phone, you have that video call rather than saying something negative over, over text. Or, you know, it, you mightn't even mean it to be negative, but it might be, be just perceived as negative. Text is a really dangerous medium you know, if you don't include that smiley face at the end of a sentence, it could be construed entirely differently. So that's something we really try and instill in everybody at Teamwork. And we've learned over the years where myself and my co-founder Dan used to tear strips off each other in the early days. If we, you know, arguing over the color of a link or something silly, but like if we actually just picked up the phone or if we just sat down and talked about it, we'd have things resolved in seconds. And I would recommend that every company puts that at their core. And actually it's a firing offense in Teamwork if we find people you know, um, arguing over text. 
just bloody talk to each other and all these it solves so many challenges so we've got a combination of two things we have what we call our no bullshit guide and it's it's a set of behaviors um yeah that we genuinely embrace as a company and we actually review that no bullshit guide every single year because as the company is growing and going through different phases there's different behaviors that are critical to that growth phase there's one other thing we do and it's related to values like values are it's so important to write them down but to review them every now and again but to hire and fire by the values but but also i think with something like values it's not enough to just write them down and and let them sit there and people read them once and forget about them we revisit our values with all our staff every single quarter. Every single quarter, we go through our values again, and we try and point out, point out some examples of where people have lived the values. We, we have something called um, Coffee with Founders, and now it's virtual Coffee with Founders. But every time we have five or more new staff, we get them on board for a virtual sit-down with the founders. And we, as founders, we talk about the tri- type of company we want to be, and we go through the values top to bottom. And we think that really drives home what they're about and what we're about. I'd like to turn the focus very sharply back to you and Dan and and your expansion plans. Where are you growing next? I know you've said that it's very much about focus and about really enabling that simplistic experience for the customer. But where are you guys thinking of, of growing and what are some of the numbers that you guys are looking to hit in the coming years? Our goal at Teamwork is to double our business in two years. So that, that, that's a pretty ambitious goal uh, and we'll probably use some of the funding to, to do that and may hopefully go even faster. We think um, really strong platform. We think it's it's really appealing to anyone that does client work. We, we recently did a pivot as well where we allow your customers to go free in teamwork. And we think we're the only guys in the market doing that. And I think we just need to get the word out there that that if you're doing any sort of work for clients, be it you're an accountant or you're a marketing agency or your web development agency, anything like that, any sort of client work, Teamwork is the best platform for you. And I think that's what's really going to help us scale. And we're doubling down on what that means. And that might mean we were not perfect for some other sort of industry, but that's okay because we can't be all things to everybody, but we want to be the best in the world for client-based work. Peter, thank you so much for your time today. I've, as always, in every conversation with you, I learn a lot and I come away inspired to keep working in this world that we do. So thank you for taking the time. And we definitely, I know that our audience is going to benefit a lot from this conversation with you today. Thank you, Claire. appreciate that. And when I get over to Texas, whenever that is, uh, let's grab a beer. (laughs) From my side also, Peter, thank you. Very nice to meet you over the last hour. Well, guys, thanks very much. It's been a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Coppinger, a business thought leader with a stack of wisdom and experience. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, we look forward to inviting you back sometime soon. Just a reminder, for more information about Wonder and the integration services that they supply, you can visit their website. That's wndyr.com. And so from me, Doug Folks, and Chaos and Rocket Fuel, until the next time, stay safe. And we'll see you soon.